Welcome to the Life After 50 show. I'm Katherine Watson and I will be your host today. I am here by courtesy of Find Houston Senior Care, our sponsor today. Find Houston Senior Care is a web directory that helps people to find any kind of solutions that they may need in elder care, senior living, senior care, uh, in the greater Houston area. So we're a one-stop resource for the greater Houston area. I'm here today with Barry Crispin. She is with a company called A Sacred Choice. A Sacred Choice is a, a new way of uh, developing or not developing, a new way of uh, having your funerals. So we're going to be talking to Lacey all about funerals and funeral planning. I know it may not be your favorite subject out there, but it's one that you really need to pay attention to because let's face it, it's going to affect all of us at one time or another. So if you haven't been touched, if you haven't had to plan a funeral for somebody, if you haven't had that experience, there are a lot of things you need to know. If you have questions, feel free to post them in the comments. If you're watching us live, we'll answer those questions on the air. If you're watching the replay, go ahead and post them. I'll make sure that Barry gets the questions. Her partner, Lacey, couldn't be with us today. Um, she developed a cold and, and was coughing quite a bit. So we'll be here with Barry Crispin. She is a former assistant vice president of George H. Lewis uh, and Sons Funeral Directors. She's a native Houstonian who entered the funeral pre uh, profession in July of 2010. And I had an interesting conversation with Barry before the show. And I'm just going to let her tell you in her own words how she got into this industry, because it's not the kind of industry um, that you usually think of when you're um, maybe a teenager planning out your career ahead. So let me bring uh, Barry on up to the top. Hi, Barry. How are you? Hi. Good morning, Miss Catherine. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, thank you for taking the time out because there's so much information about this subject that people don't know. I know Absolutely. I have some questions myself for you, mm -hmm. um, but we were talking before and, you know, it's a subject that uh, a lot of people kind of shy away from funerals. So how did you get involved in this? So it's a funny story. I was at Sam Houston State University uh, working on my bachelor's from, for business. And through my last two years, I needed internship credits. Um, so I always wanted something different on my resume. I thought funeral home is, you know, a little different. I'm, I'm going to try it. I spoke with my counselor and um, the local funeral home was kind enough to allow me to do my internship there. And um, that was Sam Houston Memorial Funeral Home. I thank them and I owe a lot to them because they were able to just grab me by the hand and show me everything that, that I knew at that time. And um, I loved it. I don't think I've ever done anything that makes me feel as good and as circle as, as this. And um, I just, it's something different that allows me to be able to help others. And at the same time, you know, when I lay my head to sleep at night, I, I feel good about what I did. So Wonderful, wonderful. Mm -hmm. So we are here today um, 
Barry, there's a, a big funeral on the minds of a lot of people out there. Um, Senator John McCain um, has passed away. And though it was, uh, we knew he was he was going to be passing fairly soon. I mean, he had brain cancer. Um, everybody was aware. It still, it still hits people hard sometimes um, when this happens. Uh, he's having a huge, obviously, uh, funeral service, and he pre-planned everything from who who is invited, who's not invited, all of that, um, who's going to be talking at his funeral. Um, and this is something that, you know, some people do. Mm-hmm. But what I've heard from you is a lot of people are not going the route of the big um fancy funeral with lots of people and lots of pomp and circumstance. They're choosing another route. So let's talk about that a little bit, please. Absolutely. So Senator McCain, he, you know, he has a team of people that he can speak to and list all the wishes that he wants to take place. But for the regular person, we don't, we don't have a team that can take all of those notes. Um, we don't even think about that because we don't know what questions to ask. Therefore, we never receive the answers. And so what we're going to do today is, of course, answer any questions that you may have. And at the same time, if there's um, anything that you've dealt with or that you know you still have in the back of your mind that you're not exactly sure how it took place, um, I'm, I'm here to help in, in any way that I can. So... Writing down your wishes or how things have changed. Uh, Most people don't want a large service. Uh, In the first place, they may not even want a funeral. They might want to just move forward with cremation, which is one of the biggest changes that has taken place. Yeah. Uh, You know, before everyone wanted to be buried next Mm -hmm. to to their mom, to their dad and the family plot. And now people have moved. They no longer live where they were born. They've moved to other states. They've moved to other countries. There's so many options. And with cremation, you are able to have those options. The service is independent of the cremation itself. You're able to have a memorial service that can take place outside. It can take place uh, in a vineyard. It can take place wherever you would like, honestly. It can be intimate, such as just family members or it can be public where you invite everyone and anyone that you need. So, yeah, yeah. So it it is it is interesting. Um, people have changed a lot. I know I've gone to more people are calling them a celebration of life, mm-hmm. and I really like that. Um, the word funeral, let's face it, has not had the the happiest of thoughts for most people. But celebration of life, how can you not be happy with that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think a lot of people are going that route. Um, uh, I know my my own brother, when he passed away, uh, we had a big party. Um, he he lived in New Orleans for a number of years and died in Slidell. But um, uh, all of his friends were from New Orleans in that era. So we had a party and that's mm-hmm. what it was supposed to be. It was a celebration. Um, of his life and his legacy, and uh, and I love sure that. lots of music and lots yeah. of good food. Lots of music. <laughs> lo- oh, we had tons of good food. We had um, a full bar. We had dancing. We had everything. You mm-hmm. know, because that's that was the culture of that area. 
So um, I've been to other ones where it's just a simple, quiet celebration of life for friends and families Mm to um, sit around and tell stories and anecdotes and uh, remember um, things from the past. And that is healing in itself. And mm-hmm. and I think really, when you think about it, that's really uh, funerals are designed for, is for us to begin that healing process for the family yeah. and friends and, and people who cared about someone to begin that healing process mm-hmm. to move on. Yeah. And I think just like you said, funerals are for the living. They are to commemorate the person that passed, but if you really think about it, it's like you said, for the healing for that process to begin. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, there are still a lot of people um, that do want to do more of a traditional type funeral with a casket. They do not want Mm -hmm. to do cremation. Maybe it's against their particular religious beliefs, or um, they just don't like the idea of it, whatever the reason is, mm-hmm. they want to go that route. Let's talk about that, because there's there's different options with that. Definitely. And I think uh, one of the very first things that people always ask is, if I want to be buried, what is the very first thing I should do when I pass? And there's a lot of circumstances that you know one needs to take into consideration. If you pass away at home and your death is unattended, meaning there is not a doctor, you're not under hospice, uh, there is no one there aside from just a family member or someone else, you have to call 911. Uh, There is no way around it. You just, you have to do that. And they will in turn call the medical examiner and the medical examiner determines whether an autopsy needs to take place or not. So an autopsy doesn't always have to take place if somebody dies at home. I thought that it did. That is correct. So it depends on the medical examiner and what they what they choose. If they're able to speak with the doctor that's been taking care of their loved one, mm-hmm. or uh, they find circumstances that say you know everything is okay. It just seems that they had you know X, or X factor took place. Then mm-hmm. they're able to release and then the police officers and police a call to the funeral. Okay. So if, if somebody that you loved, if your, your spouse, for instance, had a heart attack at home or in a hotel room, you're, you're visiting, you're on vacation or whatever, mm-hmm. you should always call 911. That's yes. the first step. If yes. you're in the United States, if you're in another country, it's probably a whole different uh, can of worms Correct. that you have to figure out what to do. <laughs> I don't know if you can speak on, on, situations like that? I've had a few families. It's the same process. The authorities are still notified. And now the process changed country to country, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I imagine it's the same. The authorities will be notified. Then after, uh, I'm not sure which, you know, some countries may or may not have medical examiners. But for the most part, I believe they are just to hold the decedent until the family um, is contacted. Uh, mm-hmm. If the family is there, then they would have to make a decision of, you know, whether they want to fly them back to the United States, um, whether they want to be buried there. They've lived, you know, 30, 40 years in another country. Or mm-hmm. if they uh, decided to be cremated and just fly the urn back and mm-hmm. have a celebration of life here in the United States. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's there's so many different choices and things that, to are. think about. Um, I have a friend that um, she, when I told her we were going to do this show, um, she told me, she said, you know, I'm single and I don't have any children. Mm-hmm. Um, she never had any children. She doesn't have a spouse. And um, she says, uh, you know, I'm not really sure what what I should do. And um, I would I would definitely urge her to to pre-plan her funeral. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And with pre-planning, some people think, well, if I pre-plan, then that means that I am welcoming that to take place, the death to take place. And that's not the case. I would say when you pre-plan, you're essentially setting out your decisions, your wishes in paper. And for your friend, I would even recommend um, there is a document. It's called an appointment of agent to control disposition. And that just means, you know, if you don't have any family members and you want to appoint someone, you can have that document ready, uh, have their information filled in. Of course, it has to be notarized. And it actually gives the option for two people to be placed. So there's your first option, first person. Then in case something happens to that person, there is a second option. And any funeral home is able to um, use that document. By law, the next step can is the one that you know either has to provide the information, especially for a cremation. They're the ones that would have to sign documents. But if you have the appointment of agent to control this position, which we can provide a copy of, uh, mm-hmm. then that you know it's not a problem. And yeah. with pre-planning, if I would say you know, have that document and then decide whether you want burial or cremation and it helps you not just to freeze the price but if let's say you want a funeral service and it's anywhere from seven to ten thousand dollars just depending on what funeral home you go to well then you don't have to pay that amount all at once you're able to break it up in payments and um, you're, you're taken care of and your family members are taken care of and you don't you don't leave it as a guessing game for your children or yeah. your spouse to decide, well, I, we never talked about it. I, I don't know. And mm-hmm. then, you know, emotional decisions are made and you don't, you don't want them to be the wrong decisions because you never know. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really important. And I talk about this with everything communication people we've got to communicate with our families we've got to talk about our finances we've got to talk about our our wishes for when we do pass away or when we get ill it's so important to talk about these things with your family and make sure they understand um i know uh my my mother-in-law didn't have everything planned. Like I said, we had to, we had to choose the casket and there were a few things that we had to make decisions on, but a lot of it was taken care of. And that did help. Um, it would have been better if everything would have been taken care of, but um, at least a lot of it was. But when it came down to picking out the casket, wow, I had no idea that some of them could cost as much as they did. And um, and we talked about this earlier when you and I were talking before the show. Um, you know, a lot of times you're in that vulnerable position and you you don't want to look cheap by not getting mom a really nice casket. Mm-hmm. But yet at the same time, you don't feel like you can afford to or that it's the smartest decision to make. So you're kind of in a in a bad situation there. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to people like that? 
I would say honoring your loved one does not equal how much money you spend on the service. Yeah. You have to make decisions that, you know, benefit you as well, because after the service, you still have to take care of yourself. I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's going to be medical bills. There's going to be mortgage that needs to be paid. All of these things that need to be taken care of. So just remember that. And, you know, just like everything else, when you go buy something, you do a little bit of research. I would say do a little bit of research when it comes to we're talking about caskets, just caskets right now. Um, and know how much, you know, an 18 gauge casket costs or how much a bronze casket costs. And that way, when you walk into a funeral home, you're able to compare the prices and not just see, well, this is a $5,000 casket, you know, that has to be the price. There is no way that, you know, it can be lowered. And also keep in mind that you don't necessarily have to buy the casket or the urn from the funeral home. You can go and purchase yeah. whichever you need at, at your leisure. You can take your time. You can look. And uh, a lot of time, or funeral homes should have a casket price list as well as uh, a general price list, which they mm-hmm. need to give to you by law. So when you walk into the room, uh, the selection room where everyone everything is placed, just look at the price list and then look at what is actually set out because not everything that is on the list is in the selection room. And there are times when, you know, there may be something that is reasonably priced that you like uh, the description, but because you can't see it, you may not select it. And that, mm-hmm. that may be the better option for you and your family. Right, right. Mm-hmm. We have a question from uh, someone. Johnny Lee wants to know, what would happen if we move to another state later in life after we've already prepaid? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. That's that's one I've thought about too. Yes. Thank you, Johnny, for that question. And um, it all depends on the insurance company that you use. So one thing that everyone needs to know is you are not paying the funeral home directly when you prepay. You're paying an insurance company that is going to hold the funds until the death occurs. And so what that does is it protects the consumer, such as, you know, this case. Um, Let's say someone moved to Oklahoma and they have an insurance policy with, I'm just going to say name, Funeral Directors Life Insurance Company here in Texas. Um, If the funeral home in Oklahoma is able to use a policy, and for the most part, funeral homes do not say, I don't want to use it. Um, But if they call the insurance company, and they're able to obtain the information they need and file the paperwork, that policy is still uh, enforced and can still be used by another funeral home. It all depends. Of course, there are some insurance companies that require a few more documents. There's just a lot of little details that uh, the funeral home would have to take care of. But for Mm -hmm. the most part, the policy itself is enforced. It should be enforced in other states. So if you if you do decide to move later in life, and that's mm-hmm. that's a situation that my husband and I are in, we probably will move to be closer to our son at some point. And um, you know, I, I've thought about this myself, and I've hesitated mm-hmm. on pre-planning because uh, we don't know where we're going to be. So that's good to know. And I would mm-hmm. say probably if you do move, then you know, check with your uh, 
whoever you purchase the policy from to find out if it's going to be valid with, you know, certain funeral homes in the area that you're moving to. Would that be correct? Correct. And there are, um, there's one more thing I didn't mention. There are certain policies that you're able to add um, another service and it's a, it's almost like a travel protection service. And so again, if you moved to uh, Oklahoma and you wanted to come back to Houston or you moved to another state or another country, the additional, let's say $500 that you would pay for that service would bring you back from any place that you are. So yeah, Great. talk to your family and they, they should be able to provide that service. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and John Old Onstot um, also said most funeral homes are glad to honor the pre needs purchased elsewhere. Just just pretty much what you were saying mm-hmm. because it means another family to serve in the future. Um, some policies are transferable as well, which makes. Um, makes another uh, beneficiary. So yeah, the same thing. So that's good to know. We, we solved that problem. I'm glad to hear mm-hmm. that. Um, so there's a lot of benefits to pre-planning. Um, there's a lot of benefits for the families. Um, like I said, you know, having, having things taken care of before when you're in that um, really vulnerable and stressed state, mm-hmm. um, to have things already laid out makes it a lot simpler. Um, I know when my, when my father died and I was asked to go and pick out his, the flowers Mm -hmm. and I sat in the car in front of the flower home and bawled my eyes out because my dad and I were connected with gardening. We used Mm -hmm. to garden together when I was a little girl. And so it was a really hard thing for me to do to pick out flowers so I had wished that that had been picked out for me. So I didn't have to do that. <laughs> but maybe that was part of the process, right? <laughs> and so, um, I did want to add, uh, again, people that already have prearrangements, I would go ahead and just you know, bring them out. I know a lot of times they say, well, it's paid for. I'm just going to put it away. I would look over it one more time to make sure that you know, you're not missing a key item that you'll need later on in the future. I've seen some prearrangements that don't include the outer burial container or the cemetery portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some that, you know, the family thinks the casket is included. And when they go and look at the prearrangements, it's, it's not there. And so that's an additional you know, X amount of dollars. And it's always good. Just look over it one more time. Same thing with your cemetery documents. Make sure that um, if the opening and closing is not included, to just ask, you know, how much is that going to be? And prepare your family members for that so they know what to look for and what questions mm-hmm. to ask. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So one thing I want to touch on too before, well, a couple of things. We don't have a whole lot of time left, but mm-hmm. um, I do want to talk about um, what kind of information should families gather ahead of time? Um, you know, maybe you have um, a loved one who is getting up in age and maybe they have some health issues, or maybe you just want to be proactive. You don't have to be up in age and you don't have to have health issues to pre-plan, Right. So what kinds of um, things should they have to get put together ahead of time? I would that- say the most common information that you know people don't realize they're going to need is all of the information for the death certificate. And I'm going to touch on a few just because uh, 
It's little things such as the name. You have to make sure that your name is going to match the social security number. So if you have the social security card, I would you know make a copy of that and put it in the file as well. Because that's mm-hmm. how they're going to be notified, especially if you're receiving funds that are being electronically placed in your bank. Um, there is also a, a few boxes that are, you're able to list AKAs. So if you have property that's listed under another name, you're probably going to need a death certificate to remove the name or transfer the titles or uh, you know, start that process. And you want to make sure that there aren't any questions and that they can't say, well, the names don't match. So you have to go and get another um, then the, of course, the residence address, both parents' names, and the mother's full maiden name. You'd be surprised. A lot of people, you know, they don't know that. So mm-hmm. uh, it, they only remember them by their married name. And mm-hmm. then they have to call a brother or a sister and say, hey, do you know this information? And, mm-hmm. um, but they're, they're usually able to figure it out. And, um, of course, the informant, the person that is uh, providing the information, how you want their name listed and their address. Um, looking here, the final rest or the final place of disposition. And that can be, uh, if it's going to be a cremation, the crematory is going to be the name listed there. If it's burial, then it'll be the cemetery. Um, let's see, there are a few things, of course, the marital status and the decedent state of birth and where they were born. If it's a country outside, or if it's not the U.S., then it's just going to be the name of the country. There won't be a, a city attached to that. Um, mm-hmm. I would also say, if you have that appointment of agent to control this position, you know, if you have it ready to go, go ahead and place that in the file. And the any advanced directives, uh, I'm sure you know Ms. Catherine, you know, talking to a lot of families, mm-hmm. even medical wishes, some people do not want uh, any medication or they don't want any of that. They just want it to be a natural death and don't want to be at the hospital. They just, they want to be at home. So mm-hmm. those exactly. are some of the things that would definitely tell them to gather. And Lacey just popped on the screen and said that agent to control disposition is very important as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and one thing I want to touch on, we've got just a couple of more minutes mm-hmm. and I may run over just a tad, but There's a big movement I've seen, and you and I talked about it briefly, where a lot of people are going back to the church. They're going back to the church for the funerals. I mean, that's how it used to be a long time ago. And then we Mm -hmm. kind of moved away from that and had these big elaborate funerals in funeral uh, facilities, funeral homes. Mm -hmm. And now the movement is going back to the church. Why do you think that is? I think more people are seeking to to be where, a perfect example, we served a family that uh, mother went to church for 50 years at this particular church, and the son didn't go or stopped going for whatever reason it is. Mm -hmm. But he knew his mother's wishes, and he knew that she wanted to have the service there. And after being loved on and, you know, cared for, and it's just, it's a different experience than he had had before. And he knew that, now he had a group of people that were going to be there for him as emotional support. And you know, some people want that. They want a family setting right. for their family. And yeah. things are just changing. Everything is changing. And 
So his his mother was able to bring him back to the church <laughs> after her death, and you know, yes. hey, you know, that's that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. I wish we had more time. I know there's probably some things that we didn't get to touch on, but I think we got a lot of good information out there for people today. Um, Again, I thank you for that. Anybody that is watching the replay and has a question, feel free to post it here. I'll make sure that um, either Barry uh, or her partner, Lacey, gets in and answers that question for you. So thanks again, Lacey. I'm going to send Lacey back down to the lobby. And uh, we're back at the Life After 50 show. I'm getting ready to wind it down today. Next month, we are going to take the first week off because Labor Day is next Monday. And uh, so it's a holiday. But after that, we're going to have some great um, shows on next month. We're going to have Keeping Someone Home with Dementia. How to do that? Is it possible? What do you need to know about that? Uh, then we're going to be talking with some Medicare experts because the open enrollment is coming up in October. So you probably have some questions. And the last one next month I'm really excited about, it's uh, How to Activate Your Brain. So we all want better brain health. We all want to um, keep our brain as healthy as possible as we age. And we're going to learn about that from a company that is on the cutting edge with research and doing um, some amazing work. So look forward to seeing you on the new shows. And thank you for showing up on this show. Please, again, feel free to make any questions comments or questions below. We'll be sure to get somebody to answer those questions for you. Have a great day and um, enjoy life after 50, everybody.